Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I am David. I'm Heidi. And we're here to bring you the good news. <laughs> the good news. Yeah. yeah. You want to yeah. know the good news? What is the good news? Being a parent is easy. Oh, well, fantastic. Stop listening to Light the Fight. Stop <laughs> listening to all your uh, audiobooks I out there. I thought we just talked about not lying. I thought Brandon just barely said... No lying. Okay. Well, parenting is not easy. It's just <laughs> easier than, I don't know, what is easier than? There's not a lot of things that's easier than. I did hear a comic one time make fun of parenting saying, because at the time he didn't have kids. Now he'd probably disagree. But he said, he said, he goes, come on, parenting's not the hardest job. It's like, it's like you know, like you could do it in your pajamas. You know, how hard it is to put it in a DVD and press play and let your kids zone out. He was making fun of like checked out parents, right? right obviously. Right. So all joking aside, obviously parenting is hard. I don't know. Have you seen that meme that said, I wish everything was as easy as getting fat? I've not seen that meme. <laughs> and but, I know some I people who, wish. Would, I know some people who I hate that specifically they can't get fat. Like they could eat like crap all the time. They still have an eight pack. And so all my friends out there, you know who you are. <laughs> I hate you for that. But yeah, you know, I, I guess some things would be a lot easier to do. I think parenting is not easy. I would, I would say that. And that is why I'm here week after week showing up to talk about feelings with David and about how or free therapy, whichever one you want to call well, it. Well, I'm. <laughs> we used that's to joke the truth about of that. it. That's the truth of it. We used to joke about that all the time in the earlier podcast. It was just <laughs> Heidi. Oh, it's still. It's still. Her sessions exactly. recorded. <laughs> and then this actually helps you with your therapy because now you get to look at the camera and be like, you guys know what I'm saying, right? Like, right. right. You have, you We're have, all in this together. Yeah, you have a, you have a team behind you. <laughs> Well, thank you guys. As always, we know that you could be doing a lot of things with your time, but the fact that you're folding clothes, doing chores, driving, whatever you're doing and listening to us, we are thankful and we appreciate it very much. That's right. Yeah. So um, let's jump right into it. And really quick, shameless plug. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, please go check it out. www.patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash light the fight just check it out we got some crazy cool videos on there last week we posted a video on our normal light the fight podcast give you guys a little heads up of some of the stuff we're doing over there so give it a shot or give it a check it out is what i'm saying and if you like it um sign up because extra uh, info you yeah. guys it's just so great um to get those extra little nuggets so you you know you know who you are if you need that, <laughs> if, if you're craving that, if you're wishing for that. Um. If you're a perpetual stab the baller. <laughs> um, I don't even think you have to be like all the way a stab the baller. I think you no, could just, just be like a medium. Just like relief, relieve the pressure from the baller. <laughs> like instead of stab it, just like just mm -hmm. sit on it really hard. Okay. <laughs> Take so, it away. And if you haven't listened to our Don't Stab the Balls episode, it's one of the earlier episodes. But yeah, go check it out. You'll get our inside joke. 
46-ish, somewhere around there. Don't stab the balls. So, well, let's, you know, Heidi, let's just jump right into it today because um, when we were talking before the podcast started, you brought up something that I I really want to weigh in on. Um, You know, all of you parents out there, everybody listening to this, um, well, I shouldn't say all of you, but I'm assuming many of you have found yourself in positions of leadership. Now, this leadership may be- if you're a parent, you're in a position of leadership. Whether if, it's a, you're leading the carpool, <laughs> whether you're leading, you know, the the girls outing, um, the soccer practice, you know, the you know, whether you're a coach, whether you're a teacher, um, we just find that a lot of parents get roped in for free doing a lot of jobs that you're now you're in charge of a bunch of young kids um, of any age, obviously. Or maybe you're just a coach, you know, a dance instructor. Maybe that's kind of your thing anyways. Regardless of what your position is in leadership with young people, we want to talk to you about something today about how you could lead, but on the side, leave some space to talk about some things so that everyone that you're leading knows that they have a lifeline that they can reach out to when they need help. So Heidi's going to set this up. There's a couple different things that... A lot of times parents get themselves into two categories, two camps. One camp is doing too much, where sometimes parents are too involved in their kids' drama and their fights and all the stuff's going on in their personal life. And then the other side of it where the parents are just really dismissive and they're like, oh, well, you know, just you know, just work hard on the sports and leave all that other drama off the field. You know, just, you know, don't worry about that type of stuff. It's not a big deal. You're not going to be friends with these kids after high school anyways. You know, that type of philosophy and mentality. So Heidi, why don't you talk a little bit more about it? Well, I'm going to, I'm just going to, without naming any names, without divulging any specifics. Can you share their initials? No, no, no initials. No, um, no information whatsoever. Very general information. I had um, a friend of mine call me this individual um is the leader of an organization okay and one of the individuals in her organization had a suicide attempt and immediately she knew obviously that that she came to me and and she was like how what can i do I said, she, I wasn't going to do that. But this person said, what am I going to do? How how can I, I don't want to be dismissive. We don't want to out this person. But how can we make this organization that we're all in together be safe? How can I, like, obviously, it's it's young people that she's leading. How can she make that the culture of this organization be one that mental health is supported, it's acknowledged, it's recognized, it's um, talked about? And ever since this conversation a few weeks ago, um, it's really been on my mind because what a great, what a, what a great question. First of all, like you said, I think that all of us, lead our own little galaxies, right? We all have people around us, whether this is our family, extended family, a friend group. Um, Like David said, we might be a teacher, a coach, a church leader, you know, a scout leader, whatever that might look like. Um, You know, even for me, I think in my... um, 
social media realm, I think that, you know, the culture in the way that people interact with me, um, there, there's a culture about it. Like people know that they can come to me with certain questions. And, you know, interestingly, and I should knock on wood, I don't have people that come to me with a bunch of hate. I don't have people that come to me and tell me I'm, you know, call me like there's a, I have a lot of friends who get a lot of messages that are very hurtful. And I don't know, I don't exactly even know why I'm so lucky. I consider myself very, very lucky. I think I just have a great realm of, of people that follow me. Um, but every one of us have these, this sphere or sphere around us. <laughs> How can we make sure that this space that we lead has a culture of, I don't want to say safe because you'll make fun of me. <laughs> but how, how can we make sure that mental health is a priority? How do yeah, we lead yeah. out with mental health? And, and yeah. I think that, um, and, I, and I'm going to give a shout out to my, to this guy who is a trainer from, for Eric and I. All right. Give him a shout I'm going to tell you. So his name's Mark. And I've talked about him one other time. I so if he works with you, he's a trainer and a saint. He, and yes. Uh, well, and you know, <laughs> and, he, and he believes in miracles. Apparently. <laughs> um, the very first day that we met, he shared very openly that for him, exercise is 50% physical because he wants to be buff and he wants to be strong mm. and 50% for his mental health. And I thought that that was really brave. And it also very clearly indicated without saying very much that he's someone that I could talk to about the mental health side of whatever I was dealing with and going yeah. through. Like I didn't only have to talk about reps or whatever and yeah. and interestingly enough like when i have shown up and he even said this i was there today he even said um he could i was i was sore because i did some yard work and i was like literally i was coming in like oh crap he's gonna make me do tons of lunges and i'm not even i'm gonna be in worse shape than when <laughs> i when i walked in and um lunges and, are good for weeding, and he though. immediately weeding exercise <laughs> right right he immediately we spent the whole time on mobility and and I, rather than just like let's just get get our reps and I, and i and he said one of the things that he loved about being the, a personal trainer was that he could make the workout personal yeah. you know even though he comes in with a plan um he's going to take that person and say okay Maybe not today, yeah. you know, and and so I admire how he was able to very like it wasn't it was it wasn't even like he made this huge effort, but immediately there was a culture inside um, his gym that I knew I could talk to him, you know, or yeah. I, I just knew that was a priority to him. Anyway, so I was I've been curious over the last few weeks um, this topic has kind of been bumping up my list of I would love to know what how you would weigh in because there's a lot of people 
our listeners obviously know that mental health is an important conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's not always an easy, obviously we're dealing with stigmatized con- topics. We're dealing with kids maybe that some topics are inappropriate to, to have, you know, I don't know. So let's talk about this. Establishing a really great culture of making this mental health a, a priority. Would that be a good way to kind yeah, of describe yeah. it? Well, you know, the, it's the best, it, the easiest way it is for me to just state it and I'll just state this and we'll move past it um, is what basically I've been working on all these years when I, w- part of the reason why I talk about social health and it's not a household name yet, but it will be a household name. It's just a matter of time is that this is where social health is a perfect bridge in between normal, um, like uh, whether it be group fitness, whether it be, you know, you're, you're a dance instructor and you have a team of dancers, a, a coach, uh, you know, some sort of like young woman's leader or something like that, young men's leader. Um, even book club. Or, yeah, even know? book club, <laughs> a, a teacher, no matter what it is when you're working with, with young people and a group of people, to establish a community and a culture, it's really what is a community. It's a p- bunch of people that have agreed upon certain social contracts. I do this and then you do that. And by me doing this and you doing that, now we're all better off as a whole because we're all working on something. Our whole entire, think about this, our whole entire grid system, our whole entire economic system, our business exchange system, there is a bunch of social contracts that I thought about this the other day, how many just people we depend upon that we have no idea that these people exist. We just depend upon them to get up and go to work every day. And if they didn't do that, we wouldn't have lights, water, food. And even though it was scary during the pandemic, most people would say that, oh, you know, obviously it was because the pandemic that stopped this to happen. Well, a lot of things that can could stop the flow of what a, a group of people are supposed to be doing. So, you know, when you were talking about this before the podcast, I said, I'd, I'd love to talk about this because social health is that go between between mental health, meaning when someone doesn't have good mental health, it can create any community, a lot of problems, whether it's a, an actual city community, whether it's a government, or if it simply is like, you know, a dance team or a friend group or a family. So having good social health Basically, you're establishing a culture and a community up front and having conversations that establish that no matter what we're here for, like let's say it's a dance group, even though we're here for dance, there's something greater than dance that bonds us all. And that is our need for connection relationships. We're only as good as our chemistry. Every team knows that. You could have the most talented dancers, athletes, whatever it is. But if they do not have good fortified relationships, if they don't know how to work as a team, they're going to lose to someone less talented that has better chemistry. We all know that. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, there was um, a young man who took his own, who, who ended his life on a, and he's part of a football team. And the culture... I don't know much about the culture of the the team before that happened. But as soon as that happened, everything on that football team changed in terms of what they were now talking about, what they were aware of. And it caused that group of kids to come together in a really powerful way. 
but it took like a real tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And I just like that. I I hate. I mean, tragedies can bond us together. Yeah, that that is something that that can happen. Trauma bonding for sure. Yeah, but. We need that bonding before yeah, there's no, a tragedy. No, it, it, exactly. And so w- what I say to this is that when I use the terminology, you know, um, social health, what I'm really just saying is that there's ways to talk about the importance of relationships, establish certain ground rules, what each group is expecting when it comes to relationships, and then talk about it continuously enough as a leader in the group. And I'll give you some examples in just a minute. Talk about it continuously enough so that it becomes part of the culture. Cultures are created. Like someone had to create the expectations of any culture. Whether you're doing something or not, right? Yeah. The culture is created. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, let's say. Do you, you have a definition for like culture? Well, I'm, I'm sure Brandon can uh, Google one for us really quickly. <laughs> but if, if, there's, if there's a culture of a team that's like, hey, our culture is that we work harder and longer than anyone else, we grind it to the bone. Rain, sleet, shine, snow, whatever it may be. It's like that's what our culture is. We're just tougher than everyone else. Okay. Hardworking and toughness, that's going to get you a long way. Sure. Right? Now, cultures that are only based upon that hard work, you know, and, and that's just like, you know, you know, sleep when you're dead type mentality, right? Those cultures are going to get the benefits of a lot of hard work but they may not get the benefits of great relationships while working hard. Or even if like the culture is where we win. Yeah, we period. win no matter what. If we don't win, then we just fight about why we lost, right? Right, and, and <laughs> yeah. call out why. Exactly. So um, how you can introduce a good, so when I talk about introduce a good uh, community of social health, I'm really saying how do we help all the individuals of our group to reassure them that they have support they have people that have their back. And by having support, if they're going through any personal struggles in their own individual lives, they can trust at least one or two members of the group to address this with so that the whole entire group knows what the needs are of the individuals. So if you have 10 girls who are all dancing together, and let's say the girls are between like you know 13 and 14 years old, just a group of 10 girls, if you look at their individual, grab any 10 girls, right? their individual families, their lives, there's a high probability that there's going to be at least one girl in there that has some family issues, maybe a potential divorce looming or just went through divorce. Um, and, and those issues can happen to anyone. It doesn't mean that they're a bad family. There's one girl in there um, by statistics, you know, a couple girls in there that have had abuse happen to them. Um, then there's other girls in there that may have, you know, insecurity issues, body image issues. Um, there might be some girls in there that have taken on somewhat of a bully approach because they were bullied, right? So if you just take 10 girls and see, they bring so much to the table. But while you have these young people in your midst and you're a leader, and this is why we're, we're doing this episode right now, is you're a parent leader, an adult out there trying to influence these young people, you can create a culture by having conversations right when things get off, like start off to let everybody know that nothing is more important than the individuals of this group, right? Like we are here to win. We're here to do our best. We're here to do that, but we can't win at the cost of someone's well-being. We can't, we can't win at the cost of, you know, we have to step on everyone else in our group so that a couple people can shine. And 
having conversations like that have to be started off in the very beginning. I usually, you know, suggest people to do things that I've seen from great coaches and some of the best coaches will start off right away. They'll talk about things like team, family. They'll talk about what does family mean to you? Like an ideal family. Well, ideal family, they don't always get along. They're going to fight. They're going to argue. But they have a, they have an objective together. They, they, they know that they're better off if everyone there is feeling better about themselves. So a good family is not going to neglect one person's needs because that person isn't a starter or isn't the most you know talented person in the family, right? Everyone's fam- everybody's needs are going to be equal in an ideal family. And so when I've seen coaches and I've seen teachers say things like this, I really took note and I'll hear things like this. We're like a family. We're a team that values everybody. And even though we're here to win, we're also here to have a great time, to make lifelong relationships, potentially memories. And if any of you are ever going through anything difficult in your own personal life, don't think that you have to leave that at home and you can't, you know, just get help or talk, you know, um, to people here because we want to be here for you. Then I've heard coaches and leaders share personal experiences, how being on a very successful team really helped them in their own personal confidence and their self-esteem. And then also sharing how (coughs) being on an unsupportive team or not being in a culture that really valued relationships well, how that had a negative effect on either themselves or other people. When I've seen coaches kind of say, here's our culture, this is our ideal, and then when people help each other with relationships, support each other, we have better chemistry, it increases the end objective or agenda, which is to win. If we don't have good relationships and we're not supportive, we don't know what's going on in everybody's life to a certain degree, then we don't know how to support people when they're in need of support. And what's the point of having a team if you can't support each other? Like that's the whole entire point of a family and a team. And so when I've watched people and I can think of numerous people that have seen conversations like this on a little soccer field with little kids to on a high school field to uh, on a coaching level. I know here locally, the University of Utah coach Kyle Whittingham, he does a lot of things in the very beginning of his of um, the the football camp where he puts them together in teams. He gets them, makes them be uncomfortable around people they wouldn't normally hang out with from different ethnic backgrounds, different places uh, of, the, of the United States that they come from. And he's doing this to break down all the walls because teams that are going to do everything for each other are the teams that also know that the other pe- person across from them would also do anything for them. Like it's a mutual, like, Hey, we may not get along, but we have a mutual respect and we have the same goals. When I watch people have those conversations, I try to emulate that. And some of the advice that I can give to all you parents out there is just start talking about the importance of relationships in your own personal life, how you've seen relationships better team and how relationships that weren't really good and weren't really together, how can separate a team. And then the best coaches, and if you feel comfortable doing this, I would, I would suggest you take more of that partnership role as a coach where you tell people, hey, listen, You know, if you guys have beef with each other, arguments, disagreements here on the team or inside this group, you know, we're going to let you try to work those out. But if we feel that it's really stopping the progression of the whole team or it's causing everybody to gossip and talk about this issue, then we're going to have to get involved, but not in like a punishing way. We're just going to help you figure it out and help you sort it out because at the end of the day, teammates that have differences of opinions, teammates that don't always get along, but talk through it are better teammates. 
Because what emulates a competition better than something random happening that you didn't expect? Someone falls in, in, in a lift and a dance, right? You know, an athlete makes a mistake. There's so much unpredictable events that teams yeah. have to work through that if they do not have practice getting through their own difficulties throughout the week, they're not going to – it's easy for a team to really get along when they're always winning, right? Or right, like when right. things are really going well. And as we talked about before the podcast – um, happened. Uh, big reason why for me, why I, I really am happy to share this information with you guys is that every one of you listening to this, if you're good at your job or if you're in a management position of some sort, you are expected, whether it's in your job title or not, you're expected to be a counselor. So think to yourself, in your job, how many times have you thought at the end of the day, you're like, I did more counseling today than I did actual work. But you know that if you didn't take the time to do the counseling, it only makes that much more work at the end of the day. More drama, more fires that have to be put out. So if you're listening to this and you can relate to that, it, whether you're a hairstylist, whether you're a doctor, whether you're you know a cash register, you know like you know like at, at the bank, I hear poor people at the bank. Sorry, I, I didn't take your money, sir. You know, like, you know, you're always having to calm people and, and just talk people off the edge. You're basically a counselor. So if you can relate to that in your own day-to-day life, we want you to take into consideration how bringing in the importance of relationships and team and building a community of support and talking about that is the segue into having deeper conversations, if needed, about more serious things like mental health. More kids and more coaches are gonna be open about their personal lives if they feel like they're allowed to be. And I was gonna say something to you, Heidi. When you said you have mostly people coming to you, having good conversations, bringing this stuff to you, it's because what you don't even realize that you did this, but you know that you don't have the best filter, right? Right. I'm and not. so you will say <laughs> things, you will say things that other people have this thing in their brain saying, Oh, you can't say that because people may think you're crazy or weird or something's wrong with you. Heidi blew past that sign a long time. That warning sign. She said, what, what did that sign say? It said, stop talking. Heidi's like, oh, I didn't see that sign, right? I just kept on going, right? That's really but, true. But the beauty about that is that it breaks down people's walls because a lot of people, they go into a relationship not knowing what's allowed and what's not allowed. Then you add on top of it, you know, we're in the part of the United States where there's a predominant religious culture. And whenever you have a really strong religious culture, there's a lot of great things that can come from that. And there can be a lot of oh, expectations to be holier than thou and to have everything really together. The music with that. Didn't exactly. You really... To have all your things, your life together. So a lot of times when, when people have come up to me and said, I love your, your podcast. I love Heidi. They always give the same compliment. She's so real. She's so honest. Like, I just love how she puts it out there. What they're really telling you is that you're giving them permission to also put their stuff out there. So everyone listening to this, when we're saying starting a good community or good um, um, culture of open talking, support and relationship building, that is level one of suicide prevention. That's stage one right mm -hmm. there. Just being able to have, hey, this is a place you may not be able to talk about your thoughts and feelings and opinions in other groups in your life, but this is the culture. This is the community. Yeah, we're here to dance. We're here to play sports, whatever, but we're also here to hold each other, hug each other, talk about difficult things. You know, just this week, I had two girls in my high school class came up to me and confessed things to me about their life, and I've known them all quarter, and then they started confessing things to me how 
the assignments in the class have really hit them hard and how other kids have said things that blew them away. And so I encourage both these girls to go tell people in the class how much they were inspired by what they said. They did it, came back, and now they went from being feeling a little awkward and comfortable in class to feeling like now they can be themselves. Instantly, I started seeing their personality, their demeanor change. They went from being a person taking up space to being a person that fills the space, that's mm -hmm. talking to other people. So if you want a culture where other people feel invited, feel that they can share when they need to share, and they could also get support when they, you know, when they need to get support, then what you're doing is you're letting everybody know that relationships matter. There's no, there's no money out there that's more important than real close, intimate relationships. And I know a lot of people have made poor decisions where they've chosen money over friendships in business and in day-to-day -day life. And you know, you make or you you run a big risk in that. So if you're a leader out there of young people, and if you have the opportunity to influence young people, start talking about the importance of relationships before and after these moments. You don't have to do it every single practice, but you'll know those right moments. Or if someone's going through something in their life, let everybody else in the team know, you know, respectfully, as long as it's not too personal. Hey, listen, this person's going through a hard time. We as a team, we help each other out. This is what we do. Many of you parents rem may remember this language when your kids are really young. You'll say things like, we don't steal. We don't lie. We don't do this. And if you think about it for a moment, why would you put this in the perspective, we don't do this, like you're speaking for them? It's because you're showing them as a member of this society, this is what we've all agreed to. We support each other. We care about each other. And the reason why you want to be a part of this group is because we're good at that. We really do good at this. Think of the best sports teams that all the kids want to be on that team. It's usually got a really good coach. Maybe they win or they just have a lot of fun or all the above, mm -hmm. right? So I know I've been talking for a while. Heidi, so well, and I just, I just think sometimes, I, and I've, I've been on plenty of teams in my life in organizations where it was like, you know what? You leave your crap at home. You come here to, to do the work. This yeah. is what, this is our focus. Um, but there's also been times when I've just like those extracurricular activities or teams or groups have been what's gotten me through my my hardest stuff. And, you know, I do think that each one of us as individuals has a responsibility to let people in on our on our stuff, right? Like not to hide everything like we have to show we have to we have to bring it in order to be supported yeah um and i had a really an interesting experience this week and i sat down and it was actually a church activity and we haven't had a church activity in like you know like over a year and so I, uh, Just I, know, I know it's odd um and so like i don't know i was like probably the way everybody's feeling right now like oh gosh you go to these activities you don't know how people are feeling about are you masker or no masker i'm not gonna certainly not gonna ask i'm not gonna ask about your vaccine i don't even know you know like you know we kind of are all i think going into these circumstances like we haven't really talked for a while i'm not really sure what your hot spots are but i'm certainly not going to bring up my you know I, I certainly don't like to to like get people fired up. Anyway, I was talking to some women 
in my neighborhood and sharing a few things. And this one woman that I don't know her super well, but she looked at me and she's like, man, you've really been going through a lot. She's like, you've, you've got a lot on your plate. And can I just tell you, I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do. You're like, you yeah, got four hours, you. I'll tell you about thank it. Thank you for noticing. You know, and yeah. so I think we can also teach these individuals in our um, society, in our yeah. community, like a couple things they can do to be a support. Like, hey, when you notice somebody feels down, it's all right to to tell them that you're there for them. You know, if you if somebody tells you something hard, you can just say, yeah, that sounds really hard. You don't have to solve their problem. You know, like we as listeners of Life the Fight know that we have an opportunity to those to share some of these tools um, with those who were around and empower kids to support each other because that's a big deal. You know, when you start having kids learn how to listen. You know, I, I remember when I was really young, um, my uncle one time we were at a family barbecue and, um, you know, big Polynesian, big Samoan guy. We were kind of fighting, arguing, whatever, and he's he came in and yelled at us and said, "Knock it off!" And we're like all scared. And he goes, "He goes, you guys are family." He said, "I don't want you guys fighting with each other when you're gonna have to fight against the world." And I, I don't remember how he said it, but I remember it always it always stuck with me because the way he made it said he, he wasn't like apologize to each other. And we're like, sorry, okay. And then afterwards, we're still mad at each other. He broke it down. He said, he goes, you guys are cousins. He's like, you guys can have these differences, opinions, whatever. But when you're at school, if someone's mean to your cousin, you stand up for them and you let them know, don't be mean to my cousin. And he gave us a quick tutorial on how to be a good friend, how to be a good family member. And if we're not careful and we fight too much, like when we're just playing around, then we're gonna fight like that outside of the house and outside of the family barbecues and we're gonna forget that we're family. And it, it was very interesting. And I remember just sitting there going, looking at my cousins, like, hey, sorry, I was like, hey, sorry. It was way more effective than just stop fighting and then walking away. He took time and realized that this was a teaching opportunity. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity where kids, we naturally have these emotions that we wanna be right. Just, you know, kids have the same feelings adults have. And when else, when someone else tells us that we're wrong, even if we're wrong, we want to defend it. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be right. I want to be right. And what he did at that moment was he let us know that it's like, it doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. You have to get along. Like, you can only fight so much. And if it keeps on going, going, then you're going to lose your support. And then eventually, now we're talking about a team or, you know, some sort of group that's everybody has to work together. If you lose your support, you lose the whole entire meaning of being there. Right. Like, why are you even there? You could just go have a bad time by yourself. Right? <laughs> if I want to feel bad about myself, I'd call my enemies and just have them tell me all the things they hate about me. Right? Well, you know, one of the interesting things, just like as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I've grown up going to girls camp every year. Right. And it's kind of like you've got your young woman group and everybody just kind of like puts up with each other until girls camp. And then at girls camp, like, there's no makeup, you can't curl your hair, everybody stinks the same amount. <laughs> and you get to the end and you you have a testimony, you share, right? 
and you share the thing that is the most tender to you. And then you go home from girls camp and these bonds are super strong, yep. right? And and sometimes as leaders, we're like, we just got to get to girls camp so these girls will stop being such turkeys to each other or, you know, whatever. They have to deal with it face to face. I think we have to find a way, like we can't just wait for girls camp. You know, we in our families, we can't just wait for for something hard or a tragedy or a new baby or, you know, whatever. We have to be initiating these important relationships and these cultural values all the time. And there's no starting, there's no stopping. It's not too late, it's not too early. It just needs to happen now. And the conversation has to be put out there and reminded and reminded and reminded. You know, one thing that I was pleasantly surprised, uh, a couple coaches that heard our podcast highs and lows we did a long time ago. And I told a couple people to do this, but they ran with it even more. Now it's become a part of their stretch out. So like while they're stretching out, they'll be like, Hey, what was your, you know, highs and lows of last practice? Right. And then at the end of the practice, while they're doing calm down, cool downs, whatever, they don't always call it highs and lows. They have different variations of it because they've expanded on it. But just for conversation's sake, um, at the end of practice, when they're kind of cooling down, they'll talk to the team and they'll just call a random person and say, hey, what was your highs and lows for today? And they go, all right, well, I did really good at this, but man, I really failed at this. One of my friends said, he goes, a lot of the kids will get a good laugh when they say they failed at something from the other team, but they get respect because they acknowledged that they had errors that they needed to work on. Oh, do you mean like at the practice at or the whatever? At the practice, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they do it before practice to kind of break things up a little bit, right? Like what were your highs and lows of just like the day or the week so far? Just so sometimes kids like they just can't disconnect and people too, they can't disconnect their normal day-to-day life stress and not bring it to the activity, right? It's just, it's boiling inside of them. So a couple of them do it before practice. Some of them do it after practice. They say it's just one of their common things that they do. And they found it really interesting that you will hear kids that get used to it. Some kids are kind of low key waiting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then other time kids like, I don't know, I didn't really do much today. They're like, wow, well, I sound grumpy, whatever. So yeah, I'm grumpy because my mom was this or dad was that blah. And then they got it out and then they went to practice. Everybody knows, oh, that kid's having a bad day with his family. It's not personal towards right, me. Not, they don't hate and, every, and yeah. th- That's one of the big problems about communities. Historically, our ancestors in communities, whenever they were called out and put out in front of a bunch of other people, it was for something that they did bad, right? <coughs> so nobody wants to be called out or singled out or isolated unless they're getting an award or a trophy. Right. But if we give the call out in the beginning of practice or throughout the practice with something simple like what are your highs and what are your lows, everybody gets the moment. There are 30, 60 seconds of everybody's focusing on them. They get to talk, have their peace. And sometimes that's just enough of a reset for people to go out and have a better practice or to have you know a better gathering, whatever that gathering is. And it's a great way for everybody in the tribe, I'm doing air quotes, the tribe to know where other people are at because if we know someone's going through a divorce or if they're having a horrible day our expectations of that person naturally our brain just changes expectations yeah. just lowers them or it just kind of brings them down to a little bit more of a realistic place yeah. all right well all of you guys out there every single one of you you're a leader um and i just want to encourage you we want to encourage you to take the information from that you're learning and really 
be conscious about the culture that you have in these different groups. Um, encourage your kids to look at the cultures in their friend groups and see how how it's good and maybe how it can be improved. Having conversations about these things really opens up the eyes and makes it more intentional. And, you know, we want people to feel like they belong. Um, belonging is such an essential feeling and we can all be part of of making that real on a lot of levels so absolutely um you guys thank you for listening um thank you for subscribing and we appreciate hearing from you we love your feedback we would love to have you over on patreon um where i actually have another question for you okay so i'm gonna bring that up in a minute um I want to talk. I want to. I'm just spoiler. I want to talk about when there's one kid that no one likes, how to deal with that. So you can be thinking about that for a second. We'll, well I, I, we'll talk about I'm, that. I'm teaching a class where there's one kid that nobody likes. Oh, there's always one kid that nobody likes. Anyway, anyway, yeah. we're going to talk about yeah. that. And, it, and also, I found it doesn't help if the kid farts really loud every class <laughs> in public. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm sitting note. there trying to teach him going, so we're 16 years old and farting out loud yeah. and, and everybody, I'm like, that really throws, so out of all the things I've dealt with when I'm like talking <laughs> to kids, I mean, the smart, the smart ass comments, like also I just rolls off. I'm smooth with that, but just a, like really loud off of one of those hard plastic school chairs. I just sat there and that I was like, not happening. I was just like sitting there and. All the girls around him just started busting up laughing. And I just, and I was just like, I just put my head down. I was like, what am I, what am I? I, I got nothing. I like, <laughs> I have not been prepared for that in a long time. So yes, we can talk about that. All right. All right. Anyway, come on over to Patreon and let's, uh, let's talk about it. Yep. Um, you guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for showing up. Thank you for being an advocate for light and for relationships in your sphere, your sphere or sphere of influence. <laughs> and thank you for helping us to light the fight.